It's the Hive Sports Podcast, bringing you all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State. Visit us at thehivesports.com. Against Gobert, puts his shoulder down, rolls inside, try to slam it home, and Rudy said, not tonight! John Beck is on the run, he throws behind him, it is, cut for the touchdown! Merrill for the lead, he's got it! Hello everyone and welcome to the RSL Sundays podcast here at the Hive Sports, brought to you today by myself, Ethan Kershaw, alongside with Alex Maurer, to talk all things Real Salt Lake throughout this last week. Uh, before we jump in, on into the episode today, make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find me at Ethan Kershaw 9 and you can find Alex at Alex Maurer on Twitter. Also, make sure to follow the Hive Sports at the Hive Sports with uh, a lot of different updates for a lot of different sports in the great state of Utah. But first of all, Alex, I know you're on a high right now. So how are you doing, my man? I am doing absolutely tremendous. And to explain that high, listeners, I am at the Rage Showcase or Tournament in St. George, coaching my U12 boys team. And we just made our way to the final and we're going to play on Monday. And I am so stoked about it. Awesome, dude. That's that's super, super cool. Um, how many games do you guys cool. have to win? We played three, one, two, tied one. So we're going in undefeated, baby. Wow, that's awesome. Do you know if like the other team is as undefeated or anything? We or they, we played them first game of the tournament and tied three three. So okay. it's going to be an even matchup, but we're going to see. Yeah, who knows? And maybe if <clears throat> maybe if you guys sorry, end up tying this, maybe if you guys end up tying tying this game, it'll like go to penalties or something. Like I don't know, like a Seattle Sounders flashback from last Ooh. year in the playoffs for Real Salt Lake. So we'll see and about that. But that's cool. much like RSL in Seattle, I play with a back three. That's awesome. That's <laughs> it very inventive. We, we've only got, you know, eight field players, so you got to do what you got to do. But, yeah, there's that might be a little hint as to why I love the back five so much for RSL. I don't know. Maybe. Just maybe. <laughs> well, there you go. Taking control of your team. As Pablo takes control of RSL throughout this week, there were some games for the team that they had to play for preseason. Gearing up for the regular season will bring you everything about this week for the team. But first of all, I think you have some pod trivia for me. And as of right now, I'm pretty sure I'm like 0 and 3, 0 and 4. So let's try and get a let's try and get a dub on the board here. All right. All right. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm I'm ready for it. Let's do it. Okay. Uh, new RSL signing, Johan Kapelhoff. That's who we're talking about. Excluding national team call-ups, how many professional teams has Johan Kapelhoff played for? A two, B three. Or C four. Um. Okay, I know he's he's not like extremely old, but I would think that I know he's played for the Fire most recently. Before that, I'm not sure who else he's played for. He has played a bit of time through his career, so I'm gonna have to go with four C. Is that your final answer? <laughs> now you're making me second guess it, but you know what? Why not? Let's, <laughs> let's, let's do it. Four. Yep. Oh, I tried to throw your lifeline, Ethan. It is B3. He has played for Groningen, where he was teammates with Albert Rusnak for a short time, the Chicago Fire. And now, after making his preseason debut, he has also played for Real Salt Lake. Ethan, thank you again for giving it your all. We will get him next week, buddy. Yeah, maybe we'll get it next week, finally. But thank you for that. At least the listeners know I'm not, you know, feeding you answers. We're keeping this legit. (laughs) That's true. This is all above board. (laughs) <laughs> that's true that's true um you know sp- speaking of of Johan Kapelhoff 
as you mentioned, Alex, Ray Salt Lake signs Kappelhoff this week to the team. Um, gets his debut in the preseason game against Portland that was also played today. Um, you know, it, it, right, I, I, I was saying this on Twitter. Right when I saw that Ray Salt Lake had signed this guy, my first thought was, here comes Alex with the hype train with the three in the back <laughs> for the rest of the season for Real Salt Lake. So, Alex, what do you make of this signing? I... You, you hit the nail on the head there in regards to my initial thought. And it is, it is the three in the back. I think this yep. gives us a lot of flexibility at center back because we've seen Haziel Orozco be really good, frankly, in mm-hmm. preseason. And yep. that gives us the option to play Glad, Silva, and then Orozco or Kapelhoff. And then Eric Holt will maybe perhaps find himself one rung lower on the depth chart at that position. And I think mm-hmm. we've, we've got decent depth there. If we'd also go, too you know we're flexible then we've got even more guys that could play meaningful minutes it's it's a it was a position of need for the team I think everybody was really disappointed when we saw Daniil Henry who is now signed with LAFC leave RSL preseason camp I think a lot of guys wanted him to stick around but for my money I think Kapelhoff is actually a better defender than Henry he is a guy that's done really well with the Chicago Fire has been their defender of the year more than once he has a ton of MLS experience on a really bad team that's had to do a lot of defending. So if there's yeah. any solace to be taken there, he is a, um, I guess, heavily worked defender. And he has played in a back three with Chicago a lot last year. When he was available and healthy, most commonly they were in a back three slash back five. And at times also played in a back four and more of a four, two, three, one. So he can, he can do exactly what I think we're going to ask him to do which is be kind of a Swiss army knife and be able to step into either role. And with a guy like Marcelo Silva, who, you know, I love, and I don't think I have to yep. depend on this podcast too much. He does have health concerns and does have injury concerns. So to have that extra depth is really nice. And it puts Paziel Orozco in a, in a position where he won't necessarily need to be called upon, but will have his, will still, I think have his moments. I don't think the signing keeps him out of the first team will hopefully make it so he's not rushed into those minutes. So I think it's a great signing for the team. He's also going to be costing us less than both Glad and Marcelo Silva. Um, from a salary standpoint, hopefully, if he makes around the same money he did in Chicago, it'll be right around $400,000, which is pretty good for MLS-proven center back. So I, I love the signing. Yeah, I, I like it too. I think it um, adds a good amount of depth to our center back position, as you mentioned. Um, I, I have been rising consistently on Haziel Orozco throughout this entire preseason. Um, I think I really started on, I mean, obviously you, you had a lot more knowledge and, and watching him kind of with the Monarchs. I didn't watch him a ton last year, unfortunately, but um, watching him throughout this preseason, preseason, he's been extremely impressive with his communication, um, his long range passing, which is something as a center back, if you're wanting to play out of the back, like Real Salt Lake has done a lot in the past, that's something that's very, very important to not get caught out, make a mistake, lose the ball, and end up conceding a goal. And so um, I, I really like Orozco. I think it'll be an interesting competition between him and possibly Kapelhoff for that that potentially third center back spot if they do go with a three in the back. Um, I, I tend to wonder if maybe the team just goes with a two in the back and then they switch out starts with uh, Glad, Silva, Kapelhoff and Orozco at times um, just to for, for attrition and to give some of the guys the like the rest that they need because of the long season but yeah. I, I really wonder like what this team's still going to look like I mean we're like a week before the season starts and I mean we're going to talk about it in a second but like we've got some signings that are still kind of up in the air and so 
I'm kind of wondering if we're able to sign some more talent out and like with these other field players, I think that maybe we just go with a two in the back. Like I, we're going to get into it too. Yeah, like, it's The de- defenders it's, did not look good tonight in the Portland game. Yeah. And that's why I think it's really hard to make a whole lot of this preseason because right. as much as I like the Johan Kapelhoff signing, the unfortunate part is it's probably our best signing of the off season. I know Sergio, Sergio Cordova comes in, not exactly highly touted. You know, he was the lowest man on the totem pole at a bad Bundesliga team. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, you know, he's kind of a question mark for me. Kapelhoff, obviously, I think comes in better than all the kids we've signed. So yeah. while I love that he's here and provides this depth, I'm really bummed that he's, I think, the best signing we had of this offseason. Because if he's the difference maker, right. I think we're in for kind of a long season. I know we've beat this drum a lot, but we never really replaced Albert Rusnak. We think the replacement most likely is Demir Krylak. He didn't really get any time in the season, I think due to a little knock or perhaps a COVID protocol or something like that, just speculating, but we just having not seen him is confusing. I think that's got to be the only thing you can really chalk it up to. And so I'm, I, I agree with you. I am kind of worried and hopefully we find an identity sooner rather than later. Cause last year, you know, we were kind of just throwing stuff at the wall to see what stuck. I understand Pablo was at the interim at the time. You kind of just got to do whatever you can to keep your job. But this year, I, I think we all had high hopes that we see ownership spend and we were going to come in with a bunch of new players. And it's, it just hasn't quite happened yet. But as as we know, um, uh, John Kimball and Elliot Fall went on the radio this and mentioned that the transfer window just opened up last week and it's opened up through May. I think the first week of May is when it closes. So we've got plenty of time to make these signings. You just always kind of wish they had come earlier in preseason so they can get their feet wet with the team before diving right into a really long season. Yeah, definitely. We might see some new, new faces pretty soon. Um, so, so that'll be interesting to, to see and keep an eye on. Um, you know, I, I think that um, throughout this preseason, it's been kind of a struggle for Real Salt Lake. Pablo mentioned that they haven't had really their, their full complement of starters uh, on the team being able to play and available to play just due to COVID protocols, due to health and maybe injuries as well. And so um, that's been kind of difficult for them. But before this goal, the, the first goal they conceded tonight against Portland, which was around, I believe, the 60th minute, the team hadn't actually conceded a goal for the prior 100 and, about 160 minutes of gameplay. And so that was something that was like at least a little encouraging. But, I mean, the, the first game against uh, Viking, I guess is how you say it in Norway, but like Viking F- or FK, um, yeah, that's what the commentator kept going with. And I feel like he's more yeah. informed than I am. But that word looks like Viking to me. But I, yeah. I digress. <laughs> yeah, well, we're not Norwegian, so we'll call him Viking FK. Great but, point. <laughs> but, you know, they look really shaky in that game. And um, obviously, I think the defending needs to improve. So it's a good signing with Kappelhoff. And we kind of hinted towards some of the guys that might still be looking to sign with the team. Just a, a little bit of an update. On Gustavo Cuellar, the uh, Colombian defensive midfielder that Real Salt Lake was looking to sign from Al Hilal in the Saudi League, um, he he's kind of from what it seems like right now, we have intent to sign him. It just kind of is weighing, I guess, on his decision. It seems like he's had some offers from a couple of other teams, and so I think right now he's just kind of deciding on what to do and where to go at this point. So, Alex, I, I know it's still kind of the preseason. We're still kind of just speculating on this. But what do you think? Do you think we'll be able to get it done with Cuellar? I think I maintain what I said last week and that the only person that knows is Gustavo Cuellar. I think there have been yeah. so many conflicting reports that 
oh, it's over the line. It's done. Oh, he's not quite decided. Oh, now Al-Halal are looking in a different direction. Now he wants to stay in Saudi Arabia. I think there's just been so much out there that truly at this point, I believe he is the only one that knows. And when we find out, we'll find out. I mean, you can do your best to read the tea leaves. He's back playing and starting with Al-Halal in league games now. There have been rumors that he's enjoying his his play there. And so I think all you can really do at this point is speculate. And for, for my money, it seems really like a coin flip at this point. It definitely seems like he won't be here, obviously, before the start of the season, which is coming right around the corner. Right. So you hope he still gets in before May and before we have to wait till the summer window. But at this point, I'm not holding my breath. We see him before the, yeah. before the first month slate of games. One guy I am interested in is Anderson Julio. In mm-hmm. our press conferences this week with Pablo Mastroeni, I asked him and he mentioned that – or that was on the radio, I can't remember. But he said Anderson Julio was one of – Anderson and Julio, Anderson Julio and Albert Rusnak are the two guys they don't have back from last year. And right. It, it just didn't it, – it sounded like Anderson was gone and not coming back, which was different than what we had previously heard. So I'm curious to see if that one can get over the line because without mm-hmm. him – it's really, really thin depth at the wing position. And if we're playing kind of these wing backs or even Anderson played a lot of good minutes at strikers. So it's, it's a, it's a good play. He's a good player that hopefully gets over the line, but it definitely seemed like Pablo is counting him out. And I can't remember, was that on the radio or was that in press conferences? Um, I think that was in the press conference. I remember. Gotcha. That, okay. That I don't part, know. I was so. losing my mind, but yeah. So that was, and maybe I'm reading in too much to what he was saying. But it, he, he did say, word for word, the two players we don't have from the playoff run last year are Albert and Anderson. So maybe he sees them as gone. Maybe I'm just reading in too much to his words. But that's what I heard, and it sounds like we're not going to have him back. And if not, it's it's hard to say we had anything other than a really, really bad offseason. We lost yeah. one of the best players on the roster, didn't really replace him. We've lost Anderson Julio, who gave us a bunch of minutes off the bench and a bunch of goals. I crunched the numbers. He and Albert were just over 35% of all of our goals scored last year. Yep. That's a lot. And we, we yeah. didn't really replace either guy. I mean, Sergio yep. Cordova comes in, but I, I don't see him as a like-for-like replacement with Anderson. As, as similar as they are, I think they're different skill sets. And so I, I'm extremely worried. That's a lot of goals to not really replace. So yep. maybe Bobby Wood comes in and has a much better start to the season than he did last year. But I just, yep. I just don't know, Ethan. I just really don't know. Yeah, I mean, as an RSL fan and analyst, you've got to be disappointed after all of the hype with the new announcement with David Blitzer coming and owning the team. You're thinking, oh, well, here comes the big money, right? We're going to start spending right away and start making the team better. And mm-hmm. it hasn't happened quite yet. Obviously, we probably need to have a little more patience and wait for some Absolutely. of those things to, to come to fruition. But um, yeah, I, I agree with you. It's a, a bit of a disappointing offseason. And um, we'll on just... the radio, as you sorry, as just last thing, as You're you good. were talking about yeah. that patience with the new ownership, Elliot mentioned that they can sign, they have the opportunity or yeah. the funds or the backing to sign two designated players if they want to. And my yeah. question is, why would you not want to? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like, what could there be that would, I, I, he mentioned roster construction. And from my point of view, you, even if you sign two designated players, you still got one spot open. So I don't, I don't yep. fully understand the thinking there. There's obviously things I'm not privy to. Maybe it's U22 initiative signings, things like that. Maybe they're going to move some guys up to DP for roster reasons. They did that with Demir last year. So we'll wait and see, but it is encouraging to see that we're in for two designated players, perhaps, 
But if we don't get them across the line, it's more of the same that we've had for, for quite a long time. So hopefully things get done. He mentioned that the six was a position of need that they wanted to get covered. So that has yep. to mean Quayar and has to be one of those two DPs. So I'm still fingers crossed, but I'm holding my breath and I guess we will wait and see. Yep. Got to wait and see. And hopefully this week, at least something will be announced so that we have at least someone to, to maybe throw in there for the, the opening game. Who knows? We'll see. Um, but Kind of recapping the, the preseason games, we kind of talked a little bit about them already, but we'll just kind of go over them briefly. Um, not much to look at with the the Viking FK game. Um, I honestly thought Real Salt Lake was going to win just because Viking is like from the Norwegian League, and I don't know a lot of teams from the Norwegian League. I guess they don't get enough no- notoriety, but they came out and obviously <laughs> Real those games are on weird times. Yeah, obviously Real Salt Lake not at, at like full strength, but they got absolutely thrashed in this game. The one highlight was uh, a Demir Krylock goal with an assist from, I believe it was Justin Merrim. Um, in the, I believe it was just after halftime, I think, is when they equalized. And so that was something that was nice to see. But other than that, defending was really, really bad in this game, just allowing goals left and right. And so it wasn't a real great start to the season. Alex, any any words of encouragement, I guess you could say, from this yeah, game? This this is when I have to admit that I didn't bother watching the Viking yep. Viking FK game because yeah, I missed fair. it when it was live. And then I saw all of the response on Twitter and thought, that's not a game. I need to go back and watch. And so I didn't. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. But I did watch yep. the second game against Minnesota. Yep. And I thought I would be a little bit more encouraged because Minnesota came out and played what looked like to me a pretty close to full strength starting eleven. And we were playing kind of a hodgepodge lineup of young Academy guys, Monarchs, RSL guys. And we controlled the game, question mark? That seems a little bit too generous. We didn't lose the game. (laughs) That's how I would put it. It ends ends 0-0, right? Um, Mm -hmm. I believe I turned it off with about 10 minutes left because it truly – at one point I asked myself out loud – why do I even watch soccer? Because it was, <laughs> it was, I, for my money, it may well have been the most boring game of soccer I have ever seen. No, is I'm that too hyperbolic? That I mean, is that it, too, it, was I mean, there, it might was be there, for you. Did we have a single chance? Um, I, you, you mean did, like a Minnesota, chance as far as like I mean, a I shot? Mean, John, yeah, Johnny Menendez skies one from like six yards out. I mean, I guess that's, you're right, that's a chance. But for whatever reason, that game was and, – and I get it. I'm watching MLS preseason. I'm asking for that kind of game and that kind of result. But, oh, my goodness. It was just – it was sloppy. It, we couldn't connect many passes. It, right. It, it, I, we couldn't build out of the back, couldn't build out of the middle, couldn't build out of the front. It was just – for my money, it may well have been the most boring game of soccer I've ever watched. And I've watched a lot of Monarchs games where they lose 4-5-0. <laughs> or five, zero. So I'm, I, I like to think I've paid my dues. Maybe I'm being too harsh. What did you see from the Minnesota game that is perhaps more optimistic than myself? All right, Mr. Negative. Yeah, I'll, I'll try. <laughs> yeah, right, that right on, the I apologize. I apologize. <laughs> I'll try, that one's on I'll try, me. Right the ship try, a little bit. I'll try and brighten the day a little bit. Um, you know, it, while it was a little bit of a boring game, a little bit of a disappointing result, I think Ray also like did a lot better job defensively in that game because we came out, we saw the Viking game, they got thrashed. They obviously made some adjustments and some changes to be able to play as decent defensively as they did in this game, obviously not allowing a goal, which is very important in this one. Um, and then, you know, you, you say that Sergio Cordova isn't our best signing of the off season. I, I'm actually going to have to disagree with you on that because 
I was very encouraged in this Minnesota game when I saw him come on. He came on for only about 20 minutes and then got subbed off for the last several minutes of the game. But, like, while he was in, he showed flashes of brilliance. Like, the guy's – he's a pretty tall dude, and he's pretty agile for how tall he is. And um, there was one point where he was driving down the – I think the left side of the field and got past all of the defenders on Minnesota and crossed the ball back. And I think Everton was there, and just Everton dummied it. And then no one else was behind to, to finish the shot there. And it was a, an opportunity that could have led to a goal right there. And so I think that Cordova kind of showed some things in that game and also maybe a little bit in the Portland game as well, where you're thinking maybe this guy gets some starts up top with Bobby Wood this season. And who knows? Totally. Maybe maybe we see some sort of prolific tandem between those two guys throughout this year and get some goals. We'll see. And I, I think I think that's very possible. And I do like that you mentioned his height, because if we had him and Dami up there, Aaron Herrera oh, yeah. can make a pretty good cross. So, yep. I mean, if he's got those two targets up top, I'd love to see it. But then again, if Dami's playing up there, then who's filling in at the 10? It's probably Menendez, who I don't know is the best there. And we never replaced right. Albert, yada, yada, yada. But I I am encouraged by your encouragement of Sergio Cordova. <laughs> and I am not willing to say that Johan Kapilov is certainly the best signing of the offseason, but just perhaps the best offseason okay. off signing. So, that's fair. Yeah, I, yeah, that's pretty much all I took out of the Minnesota game. That's fair. That's fair. We'll, we'll see about Kapelhoff. He didn't get a lot of time in the game he played tonight against Portland. Talking about this game, it was honestly kind of a bit of a back-and-forth game, but Portland really controlled this one. They had our number. They've always had our number the last yeah. couple times yeah. we played them, which is crazy. Yeah. But, like, in this game, there really wasn't much of a difference from other times we played them. It was a, a pretty close game, though, that, that Portland had their opportunities in the first, like, 60 minutes of the game. And then – Portland got a goal and then the floodgates just opened <laughs> and just that like a couple minutes later it's these Timbers teams <laughs> a couple minutes later you get a classic Marcelo Silva penalty allowed and then they get That's a second fine. goal okay. and then Not a little bit later it. a third goal scored so um I I think one of our struggles sometimes is like we defend well for a while in a game and then we allow one goal and the yeah, floodgates it, just open totally. and it just keeps going and that's that's what happened in this one yeah, and we got in a lot of shootouts last year because of that same kind of thing. When yep. it was one, it became three very quickly. And yep. that is why I think a lot of people have an aversion to the three five two, because mm-hmm. we did see a lot of those games where it was just back and forth all day all day or game, combined those two right there, long. <laughs> and I think, I thought at least, that was something we could get under control a little bit. And with Cuellar, I think that is something we can get under control a little bit. But if you keep the right. same lineup, it's hard to not expect similar results. And I think this is, uh, you know, I'm just listening to your responses on this game because I wasn't able to watch it because I was busy coaching my team to an absolutely monumental W. But nice. it seems like that is kind of what happened in this game. Was Marcelo, was Marcelo given a red or was it just a penalty? He, he wasn't. He was. It was just a okay, penalty. Right but I mean, throwing my my two cents about Marcelo Sylvan into I guess the atmosphere of this game was he he did not play well at all in this game. Like there were a lot of chances that he gave up. His defending was really poor. He had some really bad passes out of the back. Um, it was kind of a discouraging game to see from Marcelo Silva so close yeah, to the regular he's season. Not a, he's not a preseason guy. Some guys are like that. It's hard, to re- it's hard to read it to preseason. No, I'm just kidding. I'm just, you know, <laughs> he's one of my guys, so I'm doing my best to cover for him. Uh, I, I don't have anything against Marcelo Silva, but what I saw tonight. No, you have an anti-Marcelo bad. agenda, clearly. Clearly <laughs> you have an anti-Marcelo agenda. I think 
I mean, it's, it does sound silly, but it's so hard to take anything out of preseason. It's you true. can get smacked yeah. one week and then you come back. When the games are real, they just mean so much more. And when we get Dami back and we get Aaron back, who I think has been dealing with a little knock, and that's why we haven't seen him. And I know we won't have him for the first game, and we'll get to that because of a red card that carries over. Yep. But I think those two change a lot of what we do, both defensively and offensively, in possession. And so hopefully we can kind of get things cleaned up. But I agree. It, it is worrying. It is worrying to not score through most of these preseason games and to have such a poor defensive showing when those were both things we thought needed to be addressed going into the offseason. Yep, definitely not a great week for Real Salt Lake. In three games, they conceded a total of seven goals and only score a total of one goal. So. Whew. Not great from the team at all. Um, we've got a lot of things to address for a, a turnaround of about a week um, for next week um, for the home, or I guess not the home opener, but I guess the season opener. Um, and we'll talk about a little bit about that in a second. First, last thing kind of on our, our list of things to talk about today. Um, obviously, the new home, home jersey has been released. Um, it was a little anticlimactic, I think, from probably <laughs> most people's opinions. Um, it's just really just a normal red shirt but Alex how do you like the jersey I have to apologize I came out on Twitter very hard against the jersey and I didn't like it thought it was boring thought it thought it was lazy I apologize I the more I look at it and the more I see it with the shorts and the socks something it it does look good it looks good Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm working very hard to not say the word clean because my girlfriend, who's a graphic designer, shout out to her because she listens to every episode and is waiting for a shout out. This is the one. <laughs> says that graphic designers, when they're presenting their things, are not allowed to say the word clean because everybody <laughs> says it. And most of the time, it just means boring. Yep. So for this jersey, <laughs> I think it looks very good. <laughs> I get why they use clean now. I was trying to come up with a word that conveys what I meant. It, it, is, it is hard to find something else other than clean. It looked classic. Let's go with that. It, I, I think there was a mock-up on twitter with blue sleeves and i think that looked really good yeah. too i just there's only so much you can do with the jersey to steal directly a quote from justin glad who i asked about the jersey and he said those exact words yeah and so I, i'm not i'm not going to choose to be upset about it the color looks cool it looks cool on the field i hope i just think there needs to be justice for the fingerprint jerseys that are now going into retirement because i thought those got a lot of hate from me included when they initially dropped and then I, they grew on me a ton especially with the blue shorts so i'm glad to see blue shorts back this is all i've got on a shirt what do you think ethan yeah classic and good are about stealing phrases that, that you could use to describe <laughs> yeah. this jersey um yeah it's it's not anything flashy by any means necessary but you know, it's it's a Ray Alsa Lake jersey. Like, what are you going to do? At the same yeah. time, though, you look at other jerseys like Seattle's jersey and even LAFC recently unveiled their new jerseys. And, like, those jerseys are really nice. I, okay, I'm going to so. be I'm gonna be real. I don't think Seattle's is actually that good. The checker, okay. it, like, I, it'll look packed century link field with freaking right. flamethrowers in the back and Alba Rusnak scoring 15 goals, 15 assists. Yeah, it's going to look <laughs> awesome then. But I don't know. Just it, it didn't it didn't strike me right. That one looked it just looked kind of funny to me. I was like, if you're gonna do checkers, just do checkers and don't make them warped. I guess. But I'm not a graphic designer, so what do I know? <laughs> That's true. Well, I like it. We all have our own opinions. I guess. But... I guess I, I want to. I, I I like that they tried something. I would rather have that That's than fair. just a green shirt. So I will give That's them fair. props for that. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, nevertheless, it's a little underwhelming for the jersey reveal, but you know it's possible that it'll grow on us throughout the season. So we will see about that as well. 
Um, just to kind of end the uh, the podcast episode, we probably have another episode before we kind of preview Real Salt Lake's first match, but we would like to drop a little reminder that Real Salt Lake's first match is going to be next week on Sunday at 5 p.m. Mountain Time. It's going to be in Houston, a big game to, to really get off the schneid and to start the season with a lot of energy for Real Salt Lake. Um, you mentioned Aaron Herrera. He will be out this game. Is that correct? Yes, he got a red card in the Western Conference Final, and that carries okay. over. So he will miss that matchup. Okay. Yep, that'll be a, a really fun game. Yeah, Obviously, that's it. That's season all is, is fun. And, you know, really short off season. It feels like it's just flown on by. So uh, we'll, we'll continue to join you every week for uh, to talk about everything. It has to do with Real Salt Lake throughout the week. A lot of things, a lot of changes, a lot of news coming up, hopefully. So before we end the episode today, Alex, did we miss anything on the pod? I think we got just about everything. Keep your eyes peeled for news this week. If signings are going to get done before preseason ends, this is kind of the last chance for those to get over the line. So keep your fingers crossed and your breath held and hope Gustavo Cuellar really enjoys Salt Lake City and hiking and skiing, hopefully, and he signs that paperwork. That's all I got, though. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it'd be a good fit for him because he's Colombian. He speaks Spanish. Basically, our whole team speaks Spanish, so... Yeah, that would uh, be really, really cool. So we'll we'll keep you updated on news like that and all things Real Salt Lake throughout this next week. But thank you, everybody, for tuning in and for your time today. If you haven't already, make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can find Alex at Alex Maurer, and you can find myself at Ethan Kershaw 9. And as always, make sure to follow the Hive Sports at the Hive Sports on Twitter. But that is all for us this week. We thank you again for listening. I hope you have a fantastic week. And hopefully to talk about some news for Real Salt Lake next week, we will talk to you all then. See ya. TheHiveSports.com has all the buzz on sports in the Beehive State, covering prep, college, pro, and church sports. No way, really? Okay, maybe not that last one. If you want to stay in the know about all things Jazz, Cougars, Aggies, and Utes, then this is the site for you. TheHiveSports.com. We may even feature your high school. So check us out today at TheHiveSports.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Check out TheHiveSports.com because we got the buzz.